0: listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Hardin, and I'm joined by my amazing assistant, Olivia Heyman. Hey, guys. Today, we're talking about the nine types in marriage, the ups, downs, and in-betweens, and I am so glad because this has been a topic that everybody has been requesting. You want to know what types are like and what are their variants, and we are going to do all things typing today. Now, you're not going to come out of this probably a different type, but some of you may. Some of you may actually say, Wow, I thought I was a 4 and it turns out I'm a 3 with a 4 wing or you might find that you are a 7 who thought you were a 5. So, be ready and we will have some fun with this and we were just talking about which types also come into therapy or coaching the most and we were saying that at our practice this is a question we go through a lot is the very number we're starting with and that number is 1. Ones come into our practice a lot and we were hypothesizing about that and I don't know if you guys want to think about it for a minute too. There, but we were thinking that maybe sometimes ones come in because they are the ones who want to correct themselves the most and are most sensitive to that, or perhaps because sometimes ones known as the reformer are seen as a little bit more critical or difficult at work when they feel like others are not doing their share or pulling their share. Have you seen that too out there, Olivia? Definitely. I actually kind of
1: relate to that as a six, to be honest, about people not pulling their weight. So I can kind of understand their struggle with that. But no, I definitely agree with the ones that I've dealt with in work.
0: That makes so much sense, and Olivia just highlighted that sometimes a six thinks they're a one and vice versa, and I really like to put that power into the client's hands themselves because sometimes I'm thinking they're a one and they're actually a six. That happened with one of my clients about two years ago, and it was really fun to explore and find out they were a six.
1: Wow, that's crazy. I know it's so hard for people because a lot of times they're reading all the types and they're like, well, I kind of feel like I'm... This one or that one. And it just gets jumbled up and it's hard to kind of imagine that you're mainly one type because I think a lot of people feel like I'm all different types Mm -hmm. and some days I'm this and some days I'm that. So I think this will be actually kind of eye opening for people to understand a little bit more about every type.
0: Me too. And that's really important that they take a look a little bit deeper and they get to hear about the health and the stress arrows Mm -hmm. and where people are going when they're really healthy and where people are going. That's all that means when they're really stressed out. So for a one, you guys who are ones and those married to ones know these guys are called the reformers, the perfectionists. We've talked about that title, the perfectionist, how it bugs me, but that a one in mid to low health does have perfectionistic tendencies. A one at their best often is really good at reforming not only their own issues but their family issues and they're filled with grace they even can extend out into the community their workplaces if they're balancing that gift that they uniquely have to bring order to the world as well as to do that with grace so when you see them embracing and embodying the serenity prayer and really inviting people into a gentling just change in their spirit it really blesses their community because ones are all about change they see the error in everything and that is their blessing and their curse yes
1: i can i can only imagine because i even have a little bit of that where you're like i see the problem and i want to fix it but like you don't want to overburden people so ones i feel you there
0: yes and don't you have a one in your tri-type too I actually don't I found out that it was an eight okay so I scored
1: I I scored six one two once and Mm -hmm. then I scored six eight two the other time and that was a better fit yeah I think it is more so because I think I see that come out more and that's where I think the one in the six maybe got disjointed a little bit Mm -hmm. I think I scored
0: maybe so high on a six that it kind of was like oh she must be a one (laughs) two yes oh I'm so glad that you found your better fit and so but you do relate a lot with ones. I do too, because as you'll hear later when we talk about sevens, they also relate with one and stress. So I really feel you guys, and I sometimes think that ones come to my practice more than any other type because there's a sense of wanting that yin and yang. There's a sense of knowing she is fun. she brings energy and joy. And when a one is at their best, they go to seven in health. And so they really exude that joy and fun also. But they want to make sure they do that from a place of responsibility because they have such a burden for people. And especially if you're a one with a two leaning, you have such a helper wing to you. And that makes you feel even stronger in your platform, whatever that platform is, that you need to do the right thing, that you need to take care of people, that you need to help them to learn what is not right about them and what is not right about what they're doing so that the world can be a better place. And people really don't know that a lot of the time ones are hurt because their hearts are are for good. And they're actually bringing the gift of God's goodness to the world. And so it can be really hard when people misconstrue that and think they're doing that just to hurt others. Have you heard that before, Olivia?
1: Yeah, I I definitely, it's hard sometimes when you don't fully understand someone's personality to like relate to them and their type. I think if you don't know where they're coming from, it's hard to, I don't want to say reconcile, but sort of you know, where they're coming from or what they're doing or why they've done what they did. So Does that even make sense? Is that proper grammar?
0: (laughs) No, it does. And I think that we judge ones. And interestingly, we tell people ones are the judgers, but a lot of times people judge various types, including ones, very harshly. Mm -hmm. And I've had the privilege to sit with many, many ones and to be married to a one and to really get that sense for where they're coming from. And their heart is good. Their heart is to help. And they just see error every single place in the whole wide world. So that's their gift because we need them. If we didn't have these ones, One saying, oh my goodness, that road could be perfected in this way so that the traffic flow is better, or that person with their heart murmur, it wasn't discovered by anybody else, but I was watching so carefully. These people are saving lives, saving us all time. They're very efficient and they want to make sure that you're a teammate with them. So if you're married to a one, the biggest thing you can do is let them know you're on their team and let them know you're making efforts because most of them share in the fact that they love access service for their love language not all, but most do. And so if you're married to a one, they really wanna know, are you serving the family too or is it just them pulling all the weight? And I do wanna let you ones know, 99.9% of the time, not an official statistic, by the way, but in my experience, the others in your family are pulling their weight genuinely but they're just differently gifted than you. And when a one learns that, it's a beautiful thing. People are not all just like them and they don't have that knowledge a lot of the time when they come in for coaching. And then they realize that and they, instead of feeling that inner critic quite as strongly, they realize, wow, I have a special gift. My superpower is not the same as everybody else's. So I'm going to turn that critic into an inner encourager. And then the inner encourager starts to extend outward. And it's a beautiful dynamic as you see their family take a deep breath, their family stop walking around on eggshells, stop feeling so judged, and that one also starts to feel a little bit better. So the one is also in the body triad for those who are looking at what is a one experiencing in their instincts to make them uh, feel things so strongly as most ones do. And they're feeling things in that body and the gut and it comes out instinctually. So when they feel a sense of that rightness and they see the air in the world, one thing a one has to work on is tempering that immediate bodily response and not just blurting it out. I just heard that from one on Enneagram and Marriage Instagram today, and they were really candid with it and they shared it for the rest of us. They said, I am learning to pick my battles. And you're smiling over there because you know that's true, Olivia. When you're with ones, they've got to pick their battles, right? Yeah. Well, no, I was actually
1: thinking about, um, I don't know if you know Dr. Axe. He's yes. like a, yeah. He was just talking about on his podcast, actually, about um, the whole situation with like gut health mm-hmm. and that sometimes it can come from, um, like an overgrowth of stress is kind of what it was, and or something like that. I don't want to quote him directly because it's probably not right. But um, he was actually talking about all that and how your um, your internal environment and your external environment actually play a large role in gut health and that a lot of times people are coming in not feeling well and having all these issues when really it's a gut problem and Mm -hmm. so I think that's really interesting to keep in mind for those in the body triad to remember that um, what's going on in your head or you know your heart or the things going on around you can affect you internally and so just be mindful of that because you know, that can just lead to a whole nother host of issues.
0: Exactly. And that is so beautiful that you reminded us of that, that there is a mind-body connection. I know when I did my master's in psychology, we came from a biopsycho social approach. So there was so many different levels. We had to look at the personality lens, and I really like that you just highlighted this is also a physical issue one. So if you're struggling physically, as many ones do, make sure you're getting your daily workouts in because that's going to bless you. Make sure you're paying attention to gut health with your probiotics and other vitamin regimes, and make sure you are also giving yourself some grace to have time to do these things because almost all of the ones that are not in health that I know say, I don't have time for that. I have to take care of others, but it's a beautiful thing when you see a one in health, and a lot of ones really have a great time when they start to embrace the nine wing, when they say, okay, I can take time for peace. I can be lazy. I can shift over there. I don't have to take care of everybody's needs, and I think ones do it beautifully when they start to find their rhythm. My husband is amazing at going to his nine wing, and in fact, he can do that better than me, so it's really fun for me to watch, and I just he goes right into usually some kind of a show and just lays on his dad chair and just relaxes, reclines. And I'm just like, he's gone. He's out. And it's so much fun. It's usually the, what are those guys called who do that show where there's five guys and Dude Perfect. Dude Perfect or the Try Guys. Yeah. I don't know if they're the same guys, but Dude no, Perfect. No, I think they're
1: two different, but I think is it a TV show?
0: Yes. Oh, dude, perfect. And they're yeah. on tour, and they're especially big in Nashville, where I know a lot of our enneagrammers are. Oh, hey, hey, Nashville. So, yes. So it's so much fun to see him do that. Now, for me, I can't do it. That show just is beyond me, and I'm just like, I'm out of here, absolutely out of here. And I will admit that that they're amazing people, but I'm just like so practical with my time that I'm like, I can't imagine trying to shoot a ball into a hoop and spending that long on that one thing. But it just blesses people like Wes who are just so busy that they finally get a minute to just relax. And he's like, wow, they're doing that with such precision. It's so cool. So ones don't feel guilty if you have these little guilty pleasures that are just for you and just for fun. And my kids love to do that with my husband as well. So that's a great bonding time for them. But then they can even go out back and try it out and just relax that way. So ones, find your nine place. It could be a pet. It could be a show. It could be that you like to go to Comic Cons like my husband does and dress up like a superhero. You've seen me do that on the Enneagram and Marriage page before. That's all for Wes. And it's a really beautiful thing when you can embrace your spirit of joy as a one. Ones and stress go to four. So that means they get into a place of, if they're not healthy, victimization into a place of really just looking for jealousy figures to project onto and say, this is why I'm not as good because my family is pulling me down and I don't have time to pursue my needs. And really how to reframe that is to find in your four stress point, go to a place of art and release there, even if it's not perfect, go to a place of yearning for God, go to a place of poetry music whatever is going to bring healing and also the awareness that no you're not enough but god is and your community can bless you and you can be imperfect and still perfectly loved and this is the place of sorrow and pain but it's a good place for one to visit briefly and to sit with and to contemplate and even to watch themselves heading into that grass is greener on the other side and then find themselves in sorrow for a moment and move forward. So that's your growth point if you're a one is knowing how to deal with your ones and your fours and your seven points. So we're going to move on to twos now and twos are our givers. They're often called the helper, but I like the word giver even better because I think every personality type has a bit of a helper in them.
1: That's true. I agree. Actually, my sister is a two, and Ooh. she loves giving like really personalized gifts and um, giving you something, even if it's not like a you know, Christmas or birthday, but she'll. She'll really make a point to do something special for you through a gift. So that's how we always try and honor her is through gifts because we know that she loves that.
0: And as a two, I would imagine, as most twos have told me, they really want the gift to be meaningful, which Mm -hmm. you have no problem with doing as a six. (laughs) (laughs) So, but not to make it about sixes. No. (laughs) Let me go back to twos here because they love to be thought of in the way that they're so carefully considering others in their giving so when you see a two a lot of the time their love language is gift giving and quality time together I don't know if your sister is one of those twos who loves their time together but there's no way of going around that and getting around it if that's your two's love language because I've tried to do this. I've tried to say, well, this is the way I can give to a two. They're so kind and loving. And what you really need to realize is most twos are giving so much out of their substance and they're loving you so well that they really want you to try to look deeply and closely at them and to love them just where they're needing to be loved. And that's a mistake, like I said, I've made is just kind of loving where I'm coming from. And the two really wants that specificity because they are so specific in their love to you.
1: That's so interesting. Man, this is like, I didn't know this much about twos. I knew that they like to give gifts and they like to be around people and spend time. But that's what I think is funny. My sister is actually like introverted Mm. for the most part. And so Mm. I feel like everything I've heard about twos is very extroverted and bubbly and fun. But all I've ever known of a two is a little bit more reserved. So I think it's funny that that you're kind of pulling that out too.
0: Mm -hmm. And then that's also a nice myth that we busted some myths last time, but we're really reminding people that you can have an introverted or an extroverted personality in each of these types. There's just so many components. There's a counter type to each type. So sometimes you have a self-preservation counter type that is actually looking more introverted. And if your sister explores her subtype or you listening explore yours, you can find sometimes you don't even look like the standard two. There was a time I really thought I might be a four because I was looking at the counter types in seven. And so you really have to do some deep digging if you want to know your core type. But the biggest thing to stick to is, like we said with ones, they're critical of themselves and they're wondering if they're good. They're also wondering if uh, they can change the world with coming out with those errors. Twos are likewise wondering, "Am I special?" Am I going to be abandoned? Am I really able to give out this gift of love? And when you know your core points, then you know, okay, I need to look for my subtype, but I am a two. And so if you're a giver and you're somebody who really, really gives even more than they receive and find so much joy in that, The point I want you to pay attention to is, yes, I know you go to four in health and you get creative and you're beautiful at your interior decor probably or card making or there's such variety. It could be that you're a teacher. I know tons of twos that are teachers that are just making their classrooms dynamic and beautiful. Make sure you remember that just as we said with ones. Other people give out of themselves the best they can. Most people are doing the best they can. So try not to manipulate others to give exactly in the way you want to be loved. I know it's important that we do try to do that for you. And that's a beautiful reminder because you do give so much to us twos. But remember not to manipulate to get that back because that can be really something that makes people go actually away from you as a two. And I don't want that for you because I know for you, when you find your safe people, you'll be so patient and so loving. But it'll make you sad and a little depressed if you see people not responding. So just pay attention and ask yourself, am I manipulating in order to get back what I'm giving? Can I find out if others like my spouse are maybe giving to me from the best they know how to do? And can I give them some direct feedback on how I want to be loved? And we all know that a two when they're feeling stressed will give direct feedback because they go right to the eight point. So that's a beautiful thing that they do know how to not control and demand, Not that side of eight, but try in your best way possible to be vocal and to be direct and say, you've been trying to do this or that. I know you've been trying to do a good job to love me, but this is really what I need in this season of my life. And when you do that as a two, it blesses everybody around you because then we know This is her stubborn point, and I know we're not talking to nines right now with the stubborn point yet, but twos, you need to be a little bit more stubborn so that people know what's really important to you, and you also need to let them give it. And then my last point to twos, I don't know if Olivia has anything to add, but please remember also that people don't want you to be codependent. They're so much more drawn and attracted to you when you are able to say, I get self-care, I know how to take care of myself, and I have something to bring back to the relationship, not just." an infringement on what my spouse is doing. So it's a beautiful thing when the spouse starts to respect their two more and says, wow, they've got this beautiful gig going with teaching, or they're amazing with their pets, or they have this workout regime, which a lot of two's energy is very, very high. So workout regime is very important. And then they come back to their spouse with something instead of just leaning on their spouse to meet all their needs.
1: That's so interesting. I did not know about the two and the eight. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they kind of had a relationship. So mm-hmm. I think that's actually so cool because that helps me understand them a little more. Because to me, I look at like feelings triad as like feelingsy <laughs> or like touchy-feely. Mm-hmm. And so I think that eight really actually balances them out and the four allows them a lot of creativity because I actually get Mm -hmm. twos and fours mixed up a lot
0: Mm, because most
1: of them are always so like you know into music or art or dance and so I very much am like oh okay that that feels like a four when you're looking at it like that Mm -hmm. but this actually makes more sense when you put all of that together about them being a two that's
0: so interesting yes and twos don't have the same longing to sit in the depths of the pain they do feel things they're very intuitive but they're ready to help and encourage. And we think of if we were to do the pets with each Enneagram type, the Labrador Retriever, in terms of just, and some people say that's the seven, but a very loving personality that they just want the best. So they don't want to sit in pain like crazy with you, but they do want to make sure that you are loved and you are cared for and that they'll do anything they can to do that with you. So if you're a two, just keep on loving. That's your gift. We don't want you to stop that, but just remember to ask for your needs. Not Scream them out, not get crazy as some twos tell me they get when they don't. When they go into eight mode, they're like, I go crazy. So try to scale back, get your self care. As we move into threes, the next position in the heart triad, just like twos, threes do know and feel intuitively what others are going through, but they definitely are not quite as good at saying like a two is what they're feeling and it isn't that they're not talented threes we know are super talented but threes have not felt vulnerable in their past enough to say this is how I'm feeling it hasn't served them maybe evolutionarily it hasn't served them even in their own involvement as a human so we can't give them any kind of a chide for that or a judgment but we can say to threes when you come into your truth telling because we know that's a three's best gift and you're achieving. Make sure you do that with speaking truth in love Because people will miss you for your harshness and they will miss you because they don't realize you can feel their feelings because you're not expressing usually that you have those feelings. You're just being harsh and truth-telling. So make sure in your marriage that you're scaling back and saying, you know what? i married so that we could have some vulnerability. I didn't just marry so I could work really hard, which a three is good at doing. I didn't just marry so I could tell the truth. i married so I could be vulnerable and intimate. And sometimes that's going to look like saying that and being real. It's also gonna look like a three, not just being a chameleon. Similarly to anyone in that two, three, four triad of feelings, I want you as a three to really be brave and to be yourself. I want you to really tell your spouse what you like, even if it feels like it's not always heard. I know you have a relationship to nine and we want you to go there in health. We also want you to go to your six point in health. So we want you guys to really be loyal like you are. We really want you to have your peace like you do. But in that time, be vulnerable. Don't just withdraw don't just act like you don't have any feelings at all because that will turn you toward your shadow side, which is deceit. So you're not as critical as a one, you're not as just codependent as a two in the sense of having that manipulatory quality, but your shadow side comes out and you guys really need to realize when deceit comes into play, it really doesn't move you forward. One of my challenges for threes in marriage is to tell them that they're good at knowing how to start relationships. They're very charming and good with words But staying in a relationship is really a cool growth point for a three because it challenges them on every level and it also makes them have to realize they've got to hold a little of their charm back in opposite sex friendships because people are very attracted to threes I've noticed. I see a lot of affairs emerge from the three for that reason that they're projecting this success and achievement and people are very aroused by that. So you have to pay attention to that and use each gift you have with blessing and say, I know that I carry great responsibility with this power that comes with my position, but I love you threes and you are such successful go-getters. So vulnerability is key. Speaking out, not being a chameleon, but being real and being there and remembering that's why you married was to get this depth. As a four, you're sitting there right in that feelings triad, as we said, and I've talked a little bit about fours already, but I want you guys to know I already talked about the stress point of four what looking at the grass being greener on the other side, looking at trauma patterns, trying to sit in the depths with people. But that's also your gift because a lot of people don't want to go deep. And so four is willing to sit there with you in your depths and actually come around and say, I see your pain and I'm right here with you. And there's nothing more beautiful than knowing somebody's with you in your pain. So it is a very moving experience. um, And fours bring that gorgeous decorum of just knowing that they don't have to Ignore it or resent it, but just be in their pain. Now, sometimes it can get too cozy and comfortable, and then they're there for a long, long time, and fours get depressed and anxious. So, it's really important that they find some structure because they definitely don't always move when they're stressed and they get stuck. So, they need their daily schedules. I have a four daughter, and she's excellent at going to the one place, which fours go to one in health, and she makes her lists, and that really brings her out of any kind of emotional funk. Also for, as I've talked a lot about this on Instagram, they really do well when they embody dance. And even if it's just in their own bedrooms, it's a body movement that gets them, again, moving, but it also helps to get that angst out in a way that a lot of time, You can't get out through conversation alone because God gave us not only a mind, but a body and a heart. So the four is really good at engaging that heart, but to get that body work in really allows them to thrive with their personality and to become more well-rounded and not just a victim. So that's a really important growth point for a four. And when I see fours doing this well-roundedness, boy, do they have joy. And actually, when I see a four in joy, it's it rivals or even trumps actually the sevens joy or any type because they're so it's so exciting to watch a four who's finally really happy and i have as i said a four daughter but i also have super close four nephew and niece and it just makes me so happy when i see them happy like that i'm just like yay we have one this world is a better place cuz a four is really happy Oh, that's so great. I know
1: your daughter is amazing. And she is so um, sweet and fun and energetic, but not in like a bouncing off the walls kind of way, but like an exuding joy, which is what you were talking Mm. about. So I absolutely love hearing that.
0: Thank you. And she is so good about speaking to her family's hearts. If she hears anybody has any issue at all, she is eager, more than eager. She always asks this key phrase, are you crying? And everybody laughs like, no, I'm not crying. But sometimes when we are, we're like, yes, I was. And she can even feel the feelings. I don't know if any of you fours out there can experience this, but she can actually tell even when you're not facing her how you're feeling. So it's a pretty cool superhero power that these these fours have is to be with people in their pain, to be able to see what they're feeling, but also to be able to know when is the place to express it. Because maybe right now we can't go there. We're in the middle of the grocery store, but later we're going to go there. We're going to watch Gilmore Girls. We're going to cry it out and we're going to talk. So just be patient for your marriage people, because I want you fours to know people love to go there with you, but it has to be in the right timing and you have to let them decide when that timing is. So as a five, we're moving into the thinking triad and fives are people who are researchers they are knowledge seekers and they love and not all of them are introverted but they do love to pull away to withdraw like fours need to at times but fives withdraw in a way that's not always as emotional they will express their own emotions in private but they sometimes don't need to sometimes fives just need to know and that's enough for them many fives i know especially fives who lean into six they actually say no i don't really even experience feelings as emotions. I experience them as thoughts. So that's part of why they're in the thinking triad. And of course, you can guess their growth points are relating a little bit more to their feelings and not being stuck on past Knowledge, but just moving forward and saying, I've gotten enough knowledge, I'm going to step into my A game versus I need to get more and more and more. So that's a really important point for fives. Also, they have a relationship to seven and eight, and the relationship to seven could be unhealthy if they just let themselves go into knowledge seeking and get scattered because they're not really working fast enough and now they have to pull it all together because they've spent four hours researching the Civil War. Um, I've done that before because I go to, <laughs> sevens go to five, So oh, I'm like, man.
1: oh no, I've been on Civil War all day. As soon as you said that, I'm like, this is probably something that she's done. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Gettysburg. <laughs> oh, Don't even gosh. get me started on Chamberlain and all of this. So oh, what gosh. we do is we research, we pull out if we have a relationship to five and you true fives know that your spouses get very frustrated by that at times. Where are you? They need you. They love love you they want to know what you're feeling and even if you can't give them your feelings you can tell them i'm available to talk it out and you're usually very good at talking things out logically but help your spouse to find you where you're at and if you're married to a 5 reach for them when they're available. When you see their head poke out, try to meet them there because they are in the anxiety triad and they really do feel anxious sometimes. They may not always connect with that, but that makes them feel safe when they're researching and gathering knowledge. So try to understand that's they're not coming from a place of wanting to hide from you. They're coming from a place of having been overwhelmed in their lives. Each personality type has a story and we could talk all day long about each one. But we really want you to know with your fives that they love you, you're their safe place. If you're their spouse, they're giving you more emotions emotions than anyone else in their lives and they really care deeply about you. So make sure if you're a five that you are spending time and challenging yourself, not just to stay in the self-preservation types of places, but to love on your spouse the way they deserve to be loved. Give to them, come out, be social, give to them intimately one-on-one, and you're gonna find your spouse really understanding your need for privacy and how you feel overwhelmed too. But I also want you to know as a five, one of your secret high points is that you go to eight in health. So people don't always know that fives are really fun and spunky and strong and can be very vocal about their important points. So I love seeing a five come out and teach or preach. I've seen a lot of actually ministers, B-5s, and one of my dear friends is a five teacher. And it's really fun to see them come out and do a great job and then retreat again. And they may need a little more time to retreat if they go out and teach or preach. They may need the rest of the day to recover. So if you're their spouse, make sure you know when they have the energy, go for it. Because fives have a limited amount of energy. They like routines. It's usually the same amount of energy per day. But when they have it, be there with them. And if you are a two, for instance, I see a lot of two and five couples, and we'll talk more about couple types as we do each type for a whole show in and of itself. I want you to know, make sure you acknowledge when that five is ready to be with you relationally. That's when you've got to jump on it. You can't just do it when you're ready to, because you're ready all the time almost. And that five needs just a few minutes. As we move on to six, we come to that place where... The 6 is somebody that Olivia relates really really well with. Yes. She is a 6.
1: <laughs> I am the literal like description of a 6. I, love I feel it. like it's so funny. <laughs> you embody it. Every time I remember actually fun fact, Krista had me take this test a couple years ago and I remember I took it and I got a 6 and I I told her, I'm like, yeah, I don't really think this is me because all I could see was like the bad things about yes, it. And now I look right. at it and I'm like, this is embarrassing. This is like exactly who I am, which is so oh I've gosh. learned to love you it, though, because I really feel like, I don't know, like for me, I think six kind of has... Like the best of all types Mm. and I feel like there is the loyalty, there is the helping there's also the investigative part. They Mm -hmm. actually said that sometimes sixes are better in school than fives because fives can end up getting a little too much into the like fantasy mode Mm -hmm. of like coming up with all these extra things that doesn't need to be there and so Mm -hmm. it takes away from what they need to be doing Mm -hmm. and so I thought that was interesting and I just it made a lot of sense for me. I'm like of course everybody thinks their type is like the best type but Mm -hmm. I'm like I feel like six is the type that I, like that's who I'd want in a friend But obviously, I'm not going to say I wouldn't want my own self as a friend type, but you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yes, I love that. That's so beautiful that you love your type. I think that's great. And you know what? We just heard you say you transitioned too. So I want to encourage people who don't maybe love their type at the beginning. I think what comes with it is that initial feeling of, ick, this is me. You read my mail. You know all my dirt. And then, wow, this is me. God made me well, and I am special. And that's so cool that you feel, and I agree with you, that six really embodies so many different personalities. That's why sometimes we say, oh my gosh, is this a one? Is this a six? Is this a five? Because six has so many gifts. They're known as the loyal friend. They're also known as the skeptic, the devil's advocate, because they're really, really good at troubleshooting and knowing what's coming ahead. They're great at planning. So we had a six today say on the site, hey, I'm learning to be spontaneous at times, which I think with Olivia's seven wing that you're good at leaning into, you're good at that too. You're looking at how I can roll with the punches, but also be ready for those punches. Yeah, (laughs) no,
1: I absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, one of the funniest things is you sometimes you read a type and you're like, but I don't have that main struggle that they're talking about. Like when I initially read mine, I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't have that big of a problem with like anxiety or severe skepticism. But let me tell you right now, I once I kind of read it and took it to heart, I'm like. I am seeing it more in my situations Mm -hmm. where I am very much like, "Um, that seems really sketchy to me. Mm -hmm. And then I started being like, oh, maybe that is more skepticism than like trying to be prepared, Mm because I think you kind of switch it around in your mind, so I thought that was kind of funny.
0: That is really funny, and it's so important as a growth point for you guys, because you're learning I can trust myself, I have everything I need, I don't need to look to authority figures to give me all of the news, everything I need to feel safe, God has given me the Holy Spirit, I have what I need, I can do this, but I also have this gift of being prepared and recognizing sometimes the other shoe does drop, and I need to be ready for that, and that really Helps the six with their anxiety when they get to plan. So if you're married to a six, understand that they're going to need a huge bag, even if it costs you extra as you go on that airplane, because they have all of their supplies in it. And for Olivia, it's essential oils, and for <laughs> and she has, I'm sure they're oh, very man. concise. And you also, oh, yes. as a six, they like saving money, so they're not going to yeah. give a huge bag. But you know no. what I mean. You probably have your bag and supplies, right? Oh yeah, I actually was known as
1: the mom friend. Mm. Um, I always had my little like I had like extra, you know, feminine supplies or like mm. band aids. Or, you know, if we're going somewhere, I'm always like, OK, well, let me be prepared in case this person has a headache. I'll have this or that, mm-hmm. you know. And so I I just like knowing that I don't want anyone to feel like uncomfortable or like be sitting in discomfort, I guess. Mm-hmm. And even for myself. So I'm like, I'd rather be prepared and not have to use it than need it and not have it. That's my like goodness. my number one thing. It's better to have it, and not need it than need it, and not have it.
0: Everybody needs a friend like this, and I'm wearing the lip gloss you got me for Christmas right oh, now. Oh yeah, it looks so good. <laughs> Thank
1: you. She doesn't want my lips chapping apparently, and I love it because I don't either. Oh my gosh, no, I was just like, it's clean beauty. She's gonna love it. It's gonna look so great, Aww. and it's gonna be. It's. I knew for you it would be good because you don't want a bunch of like frou y stuff mm-hmm. that's gonna take you extra time. I'm mm-hmm. like, this provides color and moisture, and it's simple. This is exactly what Krista needs. So that's exactly
0: right. You know that. Seven loves their yeah. freedom. So with your seven wing, you're just amazing. So six is oh, embrace you. your seven wings so your spouse feels that extra dose of love. As, of course, I want your spouse to sit with you and let them tarry through their issues. Let them talk it out. Give them a time frame if your six is going on for longer than five to 30 minutes, depending on how much time you each have that day. But you do need to let them talk it out. And then what your six also needs to do is take their time with God, make their decisions based upon what they're learning from God and not ask you for everything. Because that could be a codependent aspect of marriage too. If your six is saying all the time, what do I do? What do I do? And then they're resenting you with your decisions that you come up with. So in Encourage them to make their own. Encourage them to also be a team with you, which I know they'll want to do. Sixes love their people, and they'll work very hard for their people. And don't take advantage of your six because your six, like a two, will work very hard to love you well and very specifically. They often really want that same thing back from you. Of course they do. But one of the best ways you can love them is listen to them when they're saying, hey, I'm really upset or worried about something. Let me process that. And remember, they're not asking you to take it on if they're healthy. They're just asking for a friend to listen and to talk, and you're nodding, so I'm happy about that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm thinking of a recent situation. I probably talked through it for about three days, Mm -hmm. like almost nonstop, Mm -hmm. and was just— but. See, talking through it is how we kind of gain more perspective on it because even just saying it out loud mm-hmm. and going through it is sort of like, oh, I didn't realize this. And so even though we don't we don't really need you per se, mm-hmm. we just need a little bit of like a sounding board sometimes, mm-hmm. but a lot of talking it out verbally is... For us to gain a better understanding and notice those smaller details within a larger picture,
0: mm, that makes so much sense. And with th- six jumping with three and nine, they all these types. If you're a six, three, or nine, relate on this. It's hard to just jump into emotions, so it's really helpful for them to have that time of verbal processing. And we can try all day long and say sixes need to go into their feelings. Yes, we all know they do. So I want you to do your feelings work, sixes. Olivia and I were just talking about that before this. She's Did like, you, you see you'd me shake so my head? Me, you'd cry. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But I'm with her there. I don't always go into feelings immediately either. So that's a good piece of work for them. But also just meet your people where they're at, guys. If you're with a six, they don't go to feelings easily. They need to process it verbally in their thoughts. Just like we give fives that grace, let's give our sixes that same grace. We give it to fives, no problem. But we don't always do that with sixes. So please give your six some grace to just verbally process. They will get through it. Encourage them to be independent and to trust God. Moving on to sevens, I want to say, as we've talked a little bit about sevens, We know they love their freedom. They love to be vibrant. They're called the encourager. They really have a flair for the new and a seven will try everything once and then a second time to see if they liked it. And it's really important that you know this is their vibe. This is their jam. And you don't want to disrupt that flow because they have to do their growing on their own. They do need your insight as a spouse. They do need you to help them to see things. But if you control them, that's going to make them run in the other direction and it's going to Prohibit growth. So, the best thing you can do if you see your seven spinning off into a tizzy and just doing way too much is say, You are enthusiastic. I love this about you. Make sure you reframe it with some positivity, but then let them know, Here's my concern. And when you're doing that with a seven, they feel safe. They're in the anxiety triad. They're not as anxious. They feel secure and they feel healthily planted, not controlled. Then they're more likely to hear you and say, Oh, I'm listening. What is it that you're seeing that I'm not seeing in my anxious desire to please and make my family happy? What is it that I'm not seeing when I'm trying to quell my own anxiety? And what is it that I'm not seeing when I'm holding up all these plates? Because sevens are masters at holding up a lot of plates and doing a lot of things at the same time. And most sevens aren't really aware of their anxiety. This goes for people who are sevens long-term or just finding out their sevens. It's just not something that's part of their natural awareness. Most sevens, at least in my baby book, it says Krista has a heart of joy. And you can tell from the beginning that that was part of my story. Even when I came to God, I had been as a high schooler partying. And when I decided to really enjoy and embrace God's gifts, I felt this happiness that my friends didn't understand. And they said, why are you so happy? You're not not even having alcohol with us anymore as a high schooler. Come to think, you know, it's like, well, we shouldn't have been doing that in the first place, but <laughs> now I'm really happy and they really didn't buy it. They didn't understand that that was a God-given gift. And so they actually cried with me and said, "We miss you and we don't know why you're still fun, but you're not drinking." And so I became the DD and <laughs> I just kind of shifted my role a little, but the joy was there and that was a beautiful gift. So you're not going to take your joy out of your seven no matter what you do and I want you sevens to be happy about that you have your joy gift, but a seven really does well when they acknowledge that place of pain because our biggest fear is that we will be stuck in the pain. So I've seen myself, like I said, go to that seven place, be very happy and gifted, but we don't recognize the anxiety because we're so avoidant of pain. Even when Hurricane Irma came to Florida a few years ago, I remember being in traffic in somewhere in Georgia. You guys remember seeing the headlines, the exodus out of Florida. I was part of that, of course. A seven is like, I am out of here. And so (laughs) I had to leave, of course, with my children in tow. Ironically, we stayed. Of course you did. We have
1: have the most like emergency preparedness family of probably anybody.
0: I (laughs) love it. I think it's
1: hilarious that we were the ones who stayed and you guys were like, we're out.
0: But you guys have a six, a one, a two, and a five, I think. Yeah. And that sounds like a good plan for staying. It really does. Because you have everybody covering bases, loving on others, caring for others. And I was thinking, I have these little kids. There's not going to be any gas. There's going to be pandemonium. There's going to be food. And hey, I get a vacay. So (laughs) (laughs) it was, again, the positive spin of a seven. Yeah, it was the positive spin. But my husband, being a dutiful one, had to take care of some emergencies with his work because he's in the medical field before he could join us. And so I remember calling him and I said, honey, I am totally doing great, but I am actually Feeling some heart palpitations and I have no idea why because I'm having the best time. And he's like, Honey, look around you. I want you to look. You're in the middle of nowhere. You have no prospect of gas. Your car is on E. This was like a crazy time in Florida life, wasn't it?
1: Oh, my gosh. That Hearing that just gives me so much anxiety. I'm like, I don't let my car get below like a quarter of a tank before like rushing to the gas
0: station. Right. And ones and sixes have such a relationship that I had these other t- tanks of, you know, gas, yeah. extra gas. But my husband was like, I don't want anyone to bump you in the back and you to have this gas. Yeah, that'd be bad. So you're not taking any gas with you. So oh. I was like, okay, a road trip. And I found other people that were friends of mine because Seven has so many acquaintances and friends that we were kind of road tripping together. So there was moms around me from my community that we were like, hey, I'm two hours up, I'm one hour up, I'm right here. So I knew that there was people I knew around me, but it was still very nerve wracking and a seven doesn't always connect with that. So sevens, when your family tells you, You might be anxious, try to listen in. So that's what I did with Wes. He said, I think you're just definitely anxious. Of course you are. Look where you're at. And then, of course, when I got to my hotel room, I was totally fine. But it was just this deep, deep, deep anxiety that was unacknowledged. And I think that hits a seven really hard sometimes. And everything kind of has to stop and all the plates have to stop spinning. So the better thing to do is to dose it daily, to not use your energy all at the beginning of the day. So you burn out and crash. Make sure that you're balanced and make sure that you are acknowledging when you could be anxious. You don't even have to say I am anxious, just could I be anxious today? If so, what would I want to do about that? So journaling, experiencing those emotions that we said are so hard to reach sometimes for that five, six, and seven triad, and just moving on and embracing your five is good, but you can go too far into the five. People say Sevens go to five in health, and I could tell you I could live in five, and it still wouldn't be enough, so it's absolutely imperative that you don't stay in five. Use the one that you go to in stress to get you organized and efficient and to help you to refine and get things detailed, and you'll be a happy camper, and so will your spouse because they'll see you moving and shaking in a beautiful way.
1: Yeah. No, I actually agree with a lot of what you said about seven, and like, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I had anxiety until someone made a a cruel joke Mm -hmm. about, do you have an anxiety disorder? And I was like, of course not, you nut. Mm -hmm. But then I actually sat there and was like, oh my gosh, I think I actually might. (laughs) So I didn't notice it until someone said it. It was just so normal for me and like Mm -hmm. to have a lot of things going on at once that I didn't actually think about the fact that it might be anxiety. Mm. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't have anxiety. Like that's right. not me. And then someone said it and I'm like, oh man, I do. And then I ended up having a nine out of 10 on the psychologist anxiety scale. So wow.
0: there you go. Oh, And EMDR is a great thing. Oh for my that. gosh.
1: You guys, if you have not tried EMDR, literally, I don't know if I can technically say that it, like cured me for, you know, reasons of like Whatever. I don't know if you can technically say that, but Mm -hmm. um, all I will say is it did a significant work in my life. Like, honestly, I was so grateful
0: for it. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad to hear that. And she didn't even do that with somebody on our staff at Reflections, but it is such a beautiful thing. I'm so excited we have two therapists that offer that because it is just incredible that we have trauma research coming out now for those of us in anxiety triad or depressive issues. It is just a beautiful thing when you can actually experience healing, even if you're you're not a disordered individual, but it's more of a normal phrenic issue. And then I also want to let you know, as we move into AIDS, that AIDS can have depressive or anxious feelings features too. You don't have to be in that specific triad in order to have those feelings. So don't feel like you're stuck in a bubble of, I have to be anxious because I'm a seven, six, or five. I have to be shameful because I'm a two, three, or four. I have to be angry because I'm a one, eight, or nine. And we're just now talking about eights. But they share with one that immediate body intensity, anger expression. And with eights, they're not usually at all ashamed of it. It's just they need to know how to use that anger. In fact, eights are usually beautifully called the challengers because they're able to embody anger in a healthy way and say, if there's an injustice out there, I'm going to make sure that nobody's taking advantage of me because they've learned over the the time that people will take advantage. They've learned that people will be rude and not always safe with them and that they may give out way more than they get back. And sometimes this doesn't happen to the eight themselves, but it happens to the people that they love. So they become a very protective, important figure in making sure their family is connected. And I, growing up under an eight and having an eight brother-in-law and other eights in my life it feels really good to have an eight on your team and you've got an eight in your tri-type so it feels really good for me to have Olivia (laughs) I was
1: actually just like listening to what you were saying and and the whole you know you give so much but don't get it back I'm like man that relates to the six and the eight and Mm -hmm. I feel like a two and I'm like oh my gosh I so relate but there are a lot of things where if I see somebody else not going to be taking action when it needs to be taken, I'll be like, oh, get out of my way. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love I- that about you. <laughs> I'm like, it ends up being a really good thing when I need it. I don't always do it, but if, if something needs to be done and someone else isn't doing it, I will take the lead.
0: That is so cool. And that's, I see a lot of sixes with an eight in their tri-type and they're justice fighters. And it's such a beautiful thing to have somebody like that on your team. But what's really important if you're an eight or you're married to an eight is know that your eight wants you to do the same for them if possible. And we've been saying if possible with a lot of this because a lot of the time it, it isn't as possible as we wish it was. Your spouse is just not exactly like you. So you have to really embody and embrace their gifts. But with an eight, remember this, even if you can't be the bold blazing Brazen person who goes out and blazes the trails, make sure that you show them, even if it's just in a one on one format, I am for you and I have your back because that's what really hurts in eight is that betrayal feeling like I was there for you. I would walk coals for you. And then when I needed you and I was finally vulnerable, you left me. And Olivia is nodding about this. This is hardcore <laughs> eight so deep stuff, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I'm like, that is. But that's so, that's like a loyalty thing, too. So, whether it's my six or my eight, Mm -hmm. it's you, I. I completely relate. I'm going to start stuttering. <laughs> I'm going to be like, that is
0: exactly how I feel. It's like, okay, hold on. Hold on. This is not the Olivia show for therapy, but we'll do that. I know. No, I'm no, joking. So I love it. And I it can't hilarious. wait for our sixth episode when we do all the episodes just one at a time.
1: Yeah, we can I know. It'll so that. be so fun.
0: Yes. But you might also be excited then, Olivia, to hear that even though you have that relationship to five, eight also goes to five as their stress point. So they also do that retreat. They also do the research and they really have have so much fun there as they are just retreating. People don't think of eights as doing that, but they do. They need their time alone. And my dad used to go and retreat, and it was a really nice time for all of us because he was so vibrant and out there and powerful. And when he retreated, we were all like, ah. And my mom really enjoyed that as a nine. So she just loved her peaceful time when he retreated. But when he was out, they did everything together. So they're very vibrant. They love connecting and they go to two in their health point. So they do love their together time. And you might be surprised to know that they just. Just love that romance. They're the most romantic, perhaps, of all the types. Sometimes I say threes are, and that may surprise you guys, but threes and eights will go to the ends of the earth for the people that they love. And I hope we can say that of all of the types, but I really see that with those two types, especially. And the eights, the eight that I grew up under, I mean, it's just incomparable. The romance that he shared with my mom, the poems I have, and the um, Catherine and Heathcliff Wuthering Heights analogies that he always gave to the two of them. So, And she loved it too. She ate it right up. So we're moving into nines now. And our nines, we need to remember, are our peacemakers. And they are people who who want to be, it's so funny that they're at the end of the Enneagram because they are the most patient perhaps of all the types. And they are just so good at embodying Philippians 2, 3, thinking on others as better than themselves. They merge with others and they're often mistaken for twos, but they're different from twos because they truly do feel your feelings. They will merge with you, but they will hit a stubborn point and then they will go into the withdrawing. Whereas a two will usually go to the ends of the earth to find that melding because the two is wondering, who am I? Am I lovable? And a nine is really understanding that they're lovable, but they're not feeling as special. They're not feeling as heard and they get angry. They're in the anger triad. They've been sitting on their anger. There's almost like a balloon that's filled up underneath them that they need to let it out slowly or it'll pop. And we call them the hibernating bear sometimes because when it pops, you don't want to be around that nine. And all of you nines out there I know are listening, nodding like, yes, I am trouble when that balloon pops. But we love you and we know when you hit your stubborn point, it's something really important. So I always tell people, let let your nine merge with you if it's about food. I had one yesterday say when mine and this comes up a lot. Nines do um, sometimes narcotize out to food, but they definitely don't mind sometimes on where you eat. More important issues to them, often they have a right action issue such as environment or pets or politics, and that's where they want you to really understand they're stubborn. They've thought this through. Nines embody each trait of each type, so they're very good. They also slide into three and six, as we said. They're good at seeing all the positions of the Enneagram, so they've thought this through, and they are going to mature. Maybe you have a young nine, and, and they're not done developing till the brain finishes at 25. And then everyone has to go through life stages and grow. But your nine overall, when they hit that stubborn point, please listen and love them right there and don't try to change them. But I also want to encourage spouses of nines that all the nines I've heard from almost all say, please make sure that you do reach for us and pull us out when we're not being when we're being slothful, when we're not being organized, when we're not being efficient, because they do have that power eight side, they have the one wing that they can get very efficient and organized with. And it's like when you see a nine in their power, there's nothing that can stop them. And my daughter always reserves that when we're on a jog together, and then she powerhouses me and goes way faster. And I'm like, wait, where did this energy come? And she always goes, I save it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like nines. She is such a riot. That one. Yeah, she. They're they're so witty and just so. I mean, nines are just together. So when you get into your power in that body triad, just like the ones and the eights, you've got to express it with body work because when you're on that every day and when you get your schedule going. Or perhaps that spouse is kind enough to remind you of your goals. Boy, does that help. And let your spouse remind you of your goals because you go to sloth. Let your voice be heard. Don't let people walk all over you and just say it. Even if you have to say it two or three times, something that I think is a rare insight about nines is that they say, why do people not listen to me? It's because you're so peaceful. Honestly, it's not because people don't care. It's because we're seeing your beautiful gifts of peace and we're just melding with you and we need you to wake us up because you make us feel so calm. So remind us and we will love you even harder just the way you deserve to be loved. So now that we've gone through each type, I want to remind you guys that maybe you want to explore your type a little bit deeper and we have our freebies still up for you. So we have the Enneagram and Marriage Workbook and there's even spots for you to fill in things, to talk about your triad. Maybe you feel like you missed something about subtype here because we didn't get a chance to go into that too much. It's already a long episode. It is all there. And Olivia, can you tell them where they can find that?
1: Yes, you can find it at ReflectionCC.com. You can also find it on the Enneagram Marriage Instagram, which is just at Enneagram Marriage. And it'll be in the link in the bio.
0: So we will see you guys soon. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yes. Thank you. We'll see you next time.